0: On this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, Wyoming cigar connoisseurs may soon be lighting up victory cigars. NHL player says no to wearing gay pride jersey. Lib Sports Media Go Nuclear. Boo hoo. And our first Cigar Masters guest is Juan Lopez of Gurkha Cigars. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage. Crafted through centuries of traditions, Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Pure Evil. Blended for cigar connoisseurs, able to handle a full-bodied cigar loaded with strength, power, and richness. Don't let the name fool you. Gurkha Pure Evil is pure cigar pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com.
1: This is The Cigar Dave Show with The General
0: Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long-ass snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. It is your Global 5-Star General Alpha Male-in-Chief. Front and center from Command Center Alpha. Humidor 1A. And the skiff Secured Cigar Ignition Facility. The Department of Justice or the feds will not be coming after me because my cigar supply is secure. All the classified cigar blends and tasting uh, cigars that have been handed to me and given to me, they remain secure in my secure cigar ignition facility. We will not be prosecuted, unlike Brainless Biden. But that's a story for another day. Now, I always like to start the Cigar Dave show on a happy note a good note good news is much better than of course bad news and dour, you know leading off with the enemies of pleasure but i have some good news for those of you amongst the 600,000 or so that li- i think it's just i think now if i'm not mistaken wyoming's population is around 670,000 a, a huge state but the population is like less than i think the size of erie county in buffalo where i'm from erie county is about a million people so You've got this gigundous state land-wise, but there's only about 700,000 people. But there are cigar connoisseurs within the 700,000 population of Wyoming, and we have got some good news. On Thursday, the Wyoming Senate approved a bill that would reduce the cost of cigars by enacting a 30-cent-per-cigar cap to the current tax rate of 20%. So even though the tax of 20% would still remain, the maximum tax that could be implemented on a pleasure stick, 30 cents, which is good. Most In many states that do have a tax cap, usually it's 50 cents. We see 75 cents. 30 cents would be excellent. That would benefit you dramatically if you are a cigar connoisseur. That should save you on a normal cigar that you maybe pay now around say, $10, $11, that should save you a couple of bucks. Now, the tax, would, the cap would only apply to premium cigars, which are defined as cigars that have a whole leaf wrapper, rolled by hand, and do not have a filter or non-tobacco tip. So those are the cigars that we primarily enjoy. The Senate passed the bill with a 26 to 5 vote. It now goes to the Wyoming House of Representatives for them to, to debate and vote and hopefully the lower house will approve that as well it will go to the governor's desk if all goes well and wyoming cigar connoisseurs would see a much lower tax rate we always talk about states that are implementing higher taxes that are implementing more prohibitions we must celebrate the victories of uh, cigar for cigar connoisseurs in states that are actually lowering or putting a cap on cigar taxes. We've seen many states do that, and here's what's interesting. In states that have high taxes, 50 75% of the wholesale price of a cigar, what happens? People buy from out of state. They buy online. They go to an adjacent state that has a lower tax rate. But what has happened is, in states that have implemented a hard cap, 50 cents, 75 cents, cigar sales have gone up. Taxes into these state coffers have gone up lower the tax, and the the amount of taxes coming in shoot up because people are not buying their cigars out of state. So that's good for connoisseurs in Wyoming. It's great for Wyoming retailers. I always say we must support our cigar retailers, the brick-and-mortar, the mom-and-pop shops, very, very important. All right, as you know, I am not afraid to tackle and to engage in controversial subject matter. I'm not afraid to render my opinion as an alpha. I give you my opinion. I do not apologize for my opinion, nor will I ever apologize for my opinion, even if it offends some. That is not my concern. My concern is being honest to myself, being true to you, as you are to yourself. And I've always stated, if you take an opinion, take a stand, you have an opinion on an item, even if it may be unpopular... And all of a sudden, you make that statement, you make that opinion, and you are hounded by people, you must apologize. Apologize immediately. Don't apologize. If you have an opinion, and that opinion is based upon solid ground, then don't apologize. If, for example, I were to look out today here in the Cigar City, it's somewhat cloudy. It's a little bit overcast. It's milky overcast until it burns off midday. But if I were to come out and say, "Well, you know what? It's it's a little bit overcast, but it's partly sunny." That's my opinion. And if someone said, "Oh no, it's not. It's totally solid overcast. Now there are areas where the sun is coming through." You should apologize. You gave wrong information. My answer would be, I most certainly did not. Now, most wussified betas would say, oh, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I, please, and they'd start crying and get on bended knee. That's pathetic. That's for pussies. That is for wussified beta males. As alphas, we have nads of steel, and we will stand by our position. And there's a NHL hockey player, Ivan Provorov of the Philadelphia Flyers who's an alpha male with nads of steel. Now, the latest rage in professional sports is for these gay pride nights, where they wear special jerseys that have the rainbow fl- And I, How on earth did, did, did a rainbow be associated with LGBTQIA+, or whatever other damn letters they want to include? How did that become synonymous? I have no clue. And why is it that people who are gay feel the need to have parades and celebrate their sexuality. I'm heterosexual. I'm happy to be heterosexual. I don't want to go and have a parade and say, hey, it's heterosexual pride day. Let's have a parade. I have abs, and I want to make this very clear. I have no problem with anybody's sexual orientation. If you're a guy and want to bang a guy, be my guest. If you're a gal, I don't know how you bang a gal. A, a, a dame bang, bangs a dame. But if you want to have lesbianic love with another dame, be my guest. If you want to go bang a goat, well, maybe not bang a goat. That's probably a little extreme. I want to have a harem. I love dames. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I like enjoy uh, uh, having multiple dames. What's the problem? But you don't see me going, let's have harem pride day and harem pride night. And let me get the 32 hot dames in my harem. Let's go down the street and march. Live, enjoy your life. If you're gay, lesbian, queer, whatever the hell I, A plus happens to stand for, be my guest. Enjoy yourself. Live your life. I'm happy for you. But that doesn't mean that I need you to shove your lifestyle down my throat. That does not mean that I want to see gay guys in banana slings in a parade jumping up and down in my face with their schlong, you know, in that banana sling, in their little speedo. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. My feeling is live your life, enjoy your life. If that's your sexual persuasion, I'm fine. I don't want to go in your bedroom, don't come in my bedroom. And I believe that 99.5% of America feels that way, maybe more. But there is this need for the gay community now to not only be happy. Initially, the gay, the, the gay rights movement was for equal rights, to make sure there was no discrimination in, in job. Hiring to make sure there was no discrimination in housing, I'm all for that. No problem. I don't think anybody should be discriminated. That doesn't mean whether you're gay, whether you are black, white, whatever. Asian makes no difference. There should not be any discrimination for jobs, for employment, for for, uh, housing, period. It's a very simple statement. But what happened is the gay uh, rights movement has gone from basically promoting equality to now promoting that you must not only believe what they believe in terms of, of equality, which is fine, but now you must display that you are for gay rights and LGBTQIA+, whatever the hell the IA plus means, you should be out there, you should be wearing their rainbow flag and their rainbow shirts and, and participating in gay pride parades. And if you don't, then you are a homophobe. Nothing could be further from the truth. And here we have an example, NHL player Ivan Provorov. During the Philadelphia, uh, Philly, the Philadelphia Flyers, they had a gay pride-themed night. And as part of that, the players during the warm-up would wear gay pride-themed warm-up jerseys. Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov, who was 26, boycotted the Tuesday night pregame skate. And when he was asked about it, He was very, very clear in why he did not want to wear the pride jersey and why he did not want to celebrate gay pride night. Here's what he said.
2: I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion.
0: So he said, I believe that as a Russian Orthodox, it is, I don't want to go out and promote that, but I believe in everybody's rights. He didn't say, I don't like gay people. I don't believe gay people should be able to to have equality in employment or equality when it comes to housing. He didn't say that. He simply stated, I don't want to go out. I respect everybody, but I'm, my, I'm staying true to my religion, and I'm not going to go out and promote that. Fine. No problem whatsoever. He has the absolute right to do that. Here's what his coach, John Tortorella, said on Provorov's action. Uh, he, he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with, with his belief in his religion. And it's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. Be true to yourself. I would be true to myself. If somebody said to me, There's going to be a gay pride night event or, or celebration before a cigar event that you're going to be attending, and we want you to wear this, my answer would be no. And it would be very simple. I'm all for equality, I'm all for equal rights for all, not just gays, but for everyone. But I don't want to go out and wear a gay pride jersey. I don't want to wear a gay pride shirt. I don't want to march in a parade. Because I don't partake in those actions does not mean I don't believe in equality. But this is what has come now, that if you don't bend the knee and attend a gay pride festival, and attend a gay pride parade, and wear the colors and jump up and down and say, yay, gay pride, then all of a sudden you are deemed to be a homophobe. Bullshit. I call bullshit on that, and I believe most Americans do. And here's my feeling, and I believe I represent the silent 99% of America. Maybe less. Let's just say there are probably 5% of people to 10% that say, sure, I'll go, I'll wear that, and I'll celebrate it. But I think there's 90% of America that says, and believe what I believe. All for equal rights. Love who you want to love. Marry who the hell you want to marry. I may not dig it. It's not my jam. Personally, when I see on television or a movie two guys kissing, frankly, it repulses me. I turn away. I don't want to see that. That doesn't mean that I believe they shouldn't have the right to do it. They can have the right to do it. If they enjoy that, if that's their persuasion, good for them. Have a happy life. Enjoy yourself. Live. I say be well, be happy. I don't need to go and jump up and down and celebrate that. Doesn't mean I'm against it. And See, this is what people don't understand. This is what a very select few choose not to understand. And many people in the gay community, that just because... I don't want to go celebrate it and jump up and down and wear a flag or, or, or carry a flag and wear the shirt does not mean that I am homophobic or against their chosen sexual persuasion. Nothing could be further from the truth. But I believe I speak for the 90%, the silent majority, most of which are afraid to say what I'm saying. They can't say what I'm saying because if they did so, their employer would get wind of it and fire them and say, you're discriminatory, and you'd have some gay person at their company that would jump up and down and do the exact same thing that is taking place to Flyers player Ivan Provorov where people are coming down on him and going crazy. Oh, how dare he? How dare! How the NHL does not fine him? I mean, it has gone crazy. It has gone absolutely overboard. And I believe I speak for the 90% majority in this country that say, Live your life. Your sexual persuasion is none of my business. Be happy. If you're happy, great. But I don't want it shoved in my face. I don't want to have a, I don't think there should be a gay pride month. I don't think any of these months should be around. You know, we hear, well, whatever, so and so history month. Every month should be so and so history month. We don't need to have, if we have gay pride, should we have heterosexual pride month? Come on, it's absurd. These are made-up, contrived celebrations. It isn't enough for one community to say, we've got equal rights, that's what we want. No, now they've got to shove it down everyone's face. Don't shove it down my throat. I'm not interested. Let's take a listen to some of the meltdown the Lib Media had. Now, both of these two... Members of the media I'm going to play are from Canada, eh? And remember, Canada takes the hockey. I mean, that's the equivalent of their NFL. The United States, hockey's not a big deal. In certain cities, it is. Nationally, the ratings are good. I mean, they're not great, but they do cater to an upscale high demographic, a high net worth demographic. That's the sale of hockey. That's how they sell hockey, the fact that we may not have the audience that the NFL does, And the NBA. And by the way, the NBA audience has shrunk too. The televised audience has gone way down. We may not have those large audiences, but our audience is passionate. Our audience tends to be on the higher demographic end of the scale, and that's their whole pitch to advertisers. But in Canada, it is the equivalent of the NFL. NFL. They talk about hockey twelve months out of year. I love hockey. I grew up in Buffalo. Big Sabres fan. Had an ice rink in my backyard. So did my neighbor. We would go back and forth. I played hockey. Love the game. Love the sport. Love watching it. But in Canada, it is. That is the ultimate sport, hockey night in Canada, eh? Grab my grab my Labatt's Blue or my Molson Brador, eh? And I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch some uh, hockey NHL hockey night in Canada. It used to be on CBC for many years. Now I think it's like on CTV. It's changed networks, but it is big, huge. So the two lib media reporters that I'm going to, or analysts, or commentators, the first one's a gentleman by the name of Sid Sachero. He is on City TV's BT show, which is stands for Breakfast Television. It airs in Toronto, eh? Now, of course, on the set of BT, eh? They've got their Tim Hortons, their Tim Hortons coffee, eh? Now I didn't see any donuts or timbits, eh? But they had their coffee, eh? I'm doing my Canadian impression, eh? And you will hear Sid Sichero melt down in his Canadian accent. Now it's very rare. Most Canadians are very passive. Now, the Canadians that listen to the Cigar Dave show, they are alphas, they are brash, they've got big balls, nads of steel. But you know what I'm talking about. You Canadian listeners that are listening to this show, that are alphas, you know what I'm talking about. Many Canadians, they're kind of pussies. Let's call it what it is. Look at Justine Castro Trudeau, your prime minister. If you looked at him on the street, the first thing you'd say before he opened his mouth is, just look at the guy. He looks like a pussy. The way he crosses his legs... When he's sitting his beta position, again, you're not gonna nobody's gonna be afraid of the Canadian military saying you screw with us, we're coming after you. That's just fact. So when I hear these two lib media television commentators melt down, it's actually pretty humorous because it's very rare that that happens in Canada. Eh? So let's take a listen. This is Sid Sachero. After this took place, this is Wednesday morning on City TV's in in, uh, Toronto,
3: BT Show Breakfast Television. The theme from the National Hockey League is hockey is for everyone, okay? The theme is not hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights, then do whatever you want. If the National Hockey League is going to do this, if any league is going to do this, do it properly or reevaluate what you're doing. Because there's not a lot of repercussions and I'm seeing from any league. Now it could change with the NHL. It could change with the NHL. I think you find the Flyers a million dollars for this. I'm not kidding. Figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that. It's supposed to be about inclusivity. The National Hockey League need to attack this and figure this out. Because what I heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense because For instance, if that was a military night, okay? Right. if anyone in Canada or in the States on a military appreciation night wouldn't wear a jersey pregame, do you have any idea the uproar that would have happened on that? Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea the backlash? Do you have any idea what happened on social media? This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone. Dot, dot, dot. Unless unless you don't agree with gay rights is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. So don't don't give me that with respect don't give me that, because no one's perfect. All right, don't tell me, don't don't feed me the religious beliefs line. And all of a sudden, the NHL is going to back off this. The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights, because because that is insulting. That is the number one trending topic in Canada. That is insulting what happened in Philadelphia.
0: They need to do it right now, eh? Find them a million dollars, eh? Figure what out. This Sid Cichero says, the NHL needs to figure this out, eh? In his Canadian accent. Figure what out? You have a player that said, I don't want to wear a pride jersey. He didn't go out and say, I'm against gay rights. I'm against gay equality. And find the Flyers a million dollars for what? Because one player said, I don't want to participate in this. I'm just not going to go out on the skate. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm not going to wear a different jersey. I'm just not going to go out. Find the Flyers for what? It's absurd. This is how stupid these lib media, how when they melt down, there's nothing to figure out. Fine, a million dollars, and that's the number one trending topic in Canada. eh? Did you ever think that many Canadians probably saying, I I agree with Provorov. It's not everybody saying, oh, he's terrible, he's horrible, how dare he, he's homophobic. And the proof is in the pudding. And I'll get to that. Why the proof in just a moment? But now here is NHL analyst E.J. Heratic on the NHL Network, which is based in Toronto. Eh? Again, they have their Tim Hortons coffee. Eh? And they got their Timbits. Eh? And maybe a Labatt's Blue. Eh? And then we're gonna go out in the fast lane, and we're gonna go have a we're gonna go have a pizza. Eh? Again, I grew up right across the border, five minutes from Canada. I've got relatives that are Canadian. I can make fun of Canadians. It's okay. They've got a good accent. I can, I can, I can make fun of that, eh? Look, even my Canadian relatives. I always talk to him. I go, hey, let me, let me talk in Canadian, eh? E.J. Heratic, which must uh, stand for extreme jackass or jackwad, because take a listen to what he had to say about Provorov.
3: And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave. Go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved.
0: Isn't it amazing these libs who always espouse inclusion and love and acceptance have a meltdown when all of a sudden somebody has a differing opinion than they do? Then all of a sudden, it's go back to where you came from. Now remember, if we as conservatives said, hey, you know what? You're a terrorist? Get out of here. Go back to where you came from. Oh, how dare they? They have the right to be here. They have the right to blow up buildings. They have the right to terrorize people. It is incredible to me the hypocrisy and the elitism of the left. If you don't like it here, go back to where you came from. Apparently this EJ, which stands for extreme jackass, heretic, doesn't understand that in the United States, he's Canadian. Maybe he wouldn't understand this. We have something called the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and we have the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. Provorov has every right, every right to say, I'm not going to wear this. And further, if he came out and said, I don't believe that homosexuality is, uh, is, is part of my religion and I don't accept it, he has the right to say that. Of course, he'd be chastised. But he has the absolute right to say it. But the left do not want you to exercise your freedom of speech or your freedom of thought. Because if you don't partake in their th- groupthink, then you are all of a sudden homophobic, you are, you're, you're, you're racist. I mean, go on and on. It's the same thing over and over and over. All of a sudden, if you you you, for whatever reason, like, for example, I don't think there should be an MLK Day, and a Juneteenth Day. Okay? MLK is to celebrate civil rights, Martin Luther King, and Juneteenth when the uh, release of slavery. My feeling is there should be one day, a civil rights day, and I don't think it should be a day off for students. They should spend the entire day learning about American history, specifically slavery, the civil rights movement, MLK. That would be far more productive than saying, go out and have a day off at the beach. Because if you ask most American kids today and say to them, or even adults, who is MLK? What was he known for? Uh, I don't know, but I know there's a lot of streets named after him. That's how pathetic it is. They do not know. But I don't think there should be two days. These holidays that we create over and over. Now, does that mean that I'm racist because I think there should be one day, not two days? No. You may not agree with me. Of course, federal workers would, of course, disagree with me because they want as many paid days off as possible. But that doesn't mean that I'm racist. If I say I don't want to wear pride jersey, it doesn't mean I'm homophobic. And the proof is in the pudding. Because the number one selling jersey this week, NHL jersey, you guessed it, Philadelphia Flyers player Ivan Provorov. His jersey has sold out. Despite the left-wing lib media attacking him, telling him to go back to where he came from, because he didn't wear a pride-themed jersey and didn't attend warm-ups, if you go to any of the websites, the NHL shop or Fanatics, the only thing were the only size left were extra small, and they didn't have many of them. But every other size, small, medium, large, XL, XXL gone. I guarantee you they had loads of stock of Provorov jerseys before this took place. So what did I tell you that I speak for the 90% silent majority that agree with Provorov that say, hey, I'm all for equal rights, but I don't want this shoved down my face and I don't need to celebrate this. What does that tell you? It tells you the lib media, these, the woke media that melted down, they have no clue. They speak for a very Small minority of people that say, "Sure, yeah, absolutely." Find somebody if they don't, and castigate somebody and send them back to where he came from if he doesn't toe the line and wear the gay pride jersey and show up and you know jump up and down with his flag and his in his gay pride colored uh, uh, polo shirt. Come on, it's ridiculous. And here's what's interesting. I talked to several people who. I know, are gay. They're openly out of the closet, openly gay. They're married, the whole shebang. And they said something very interesting to me. They said, you know, we want equal rights. That's it. I don't want special rights. I don't want equal rights. I don't need to go and jump up and down and show everybody or go in pride parades. They live their life. They're happy. And they go about their normal business. And they said, look, not everybody likes our lifestyle, but most people are very accepting and have no problem. But they said, we don't need to jump up in a parade and we don't have to fly these flags in front of our house. I believe that is the majority of gay people in this country. It's a small minority that want to make everything a rabid campaign about discrimination. They have this chip on their shoulder. They can't accept that they have equal rights. They just can't accept that. Now they have to shove it down everybody's throat to the point where people now are fed up. I am fed up. Live your life, as I say. I want to make this very clear. Live your life. If you want to be in a gay relationship, lesbian relationship, my attitude, be well, be happy, it's your life. What you do uh, behind closed doors, that's not my, my issue. That's not my business. But it is my business when all of a sudden... Everywhere you go down the street, you got to have these. Uh, for a month, you see these 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 flags, and if a player says, "Hey, I don't want to wear that," it's a big deal to the lib media. It's interesting. It's always the same lib leftists. Not one of these guys mentioned the fact that today the climate for gays, homosexuals, LGBT. Again, I don't even know what you know, IA plus stands for, all these letters, better than ever before. They don't get discriminated against at work and housing. Does not happen. But that's not good enough for them. Now all of a sudden it's this virtue signaling that you have to bend a knee and show that you are truly for gay rights and the LGBTQIA plus movement by submitting and displaying the flag and attending a parade. No. Here's what the NHL had to say. Because obviously, they were getting it from these ultra-leftists. Quote, Hockey is for Everyone is the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in their respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league counsel and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. Exactly. If a player doesn't want to participate... They should not have to participate. But you see, these ultra-leftists believe that the Flyers should be fined a million dollars, go back to where he came from, that, that, that they have to figure this out. There's nothing to figure out. And again, I'm one of the only talk presenters in this country that has the balls to say exactly that. That I don't need to bend a knee. I don't need to fly the flag. I don't want to see the parades, and I don't want to see the banana slings. We've got a mayor here in Tampa, Jane Fidel Castor, as I call her. The reason I call her Fidel is because uh, she's trying to uh, impose pretty much a single uh, element of government in the city, wants to bypass the city council, load city council. She's she got a little dictatorial streak, former police commissioner, and she was a shitty one at that. But she is a lesbian. And of course, they had to make a big deal when she was the first lesbian mayor elected in Tampa. And everything is about lesbian and gay rights and gay pride, and she marches in the parade. I don't vote for someone because they are gay or straight. I vote for someone if they are competent and represent my beliefs. Now, she doesn't represent my beliefs, not because she's a lesbian, but because she's a liberal but that's not good enough for most people. Oh, you have to oh, you you should praise her and you should you should oh, we should be so happy we have a a lesbian mayor. Please. Let's keep all the identity politics out of everything. We would be far better off. I vote for someone whether they're competent and represent my political beliefs. I would not go to a restaurant based upon somebody's sexual persuasion. I don't care. Is the food good? Yes, then I will go. I don't care if it's owned by three gay guys or six lesbians. Is the food good? Is the service good? Is the atmosphere good? Then I'll go. That's how most every American thinks, but it's not good enough for the LGBTQIA community. And my answer to them knock it off. Enough's enough. You got what you wanted equal rights. You got what you wanted in terms of no discrimination in housing, the employment situation, be happy. Don't be vindictive and angry and have this chip where you've got to shove it down every American's throats. It's not going to work, and the proof is in the pudding. Proveroff, Jersey, sells out. People said, I'm supporting him, and screw the lib media. We will come back with the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. Also, later on in this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, our first Cigar Masters segment and guest of 2023. It is Juan Lopez of Gurkha Cigars. We will continue right around the corner. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying he would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com
1: an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, in
0: honor of our guest, Juan Lopez, our Cigar Master's guest, later on in this edition of the Cigar Dave Show of Gurkha Cigars, I have pulled out the brand new Gurkha Pure Evil. Now, this was released initially 15 years ago. It was a limited uh, edition run at the time, and Gurkha decided, Juan Lopez worked along with Jim Colucci and all the other folks at Gurkha decided they wanted to bring it back, but they wanted to amp up the power just a little bit. And they certainly have done that. It was launched at the Cigar Retailers Convention, the Premium Cigar Association Convention in mid-July, and its first public soft launch was in August at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival colorado they sold out within the first i think 15 or 20 minutes all the boxes that they had it is not for everybody it is a full flavored cigar uses an ecuadorian habano wrapper nicaraguan binder nicaraguan filler it is loaded with flavor it is loaded with strength it is loaded with personality three sizes comes in a robusto five x fifty two A Toro 6x54 and a Magnum, which is the XO 6x60, suggested retail between $8.95 and $9.95. So you're looking $9 to $10. And I've got the Toro 6x54 in my hot little hand that I cannot wait to get ready to enjoy.
1: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus.
0: Well, from the Cigar Dave R&D laboratories, the guys that wear the white lab coats have the pocket protectors and everything. They're geeks. I mean, they, they live, breathe, and think about litation devices 24-7, 365. This is the five-star. It is, of course, named after me. Five jet flames arranged in a Pentagon type of shape. Big, nice translucent tank built in cigar piercer can't go wrong, and that's what I would
1: use to light my Gurkha Pure Evil. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut, let me toast the foot of
0: this Gurkha Pure Evil, and I will tell you, just the fact that I've had several of these already, Beautiful box, by the way. Beautiful packaging. Now, it's not for everybody. You got like a skull and crossbones on there. It's got the Gurkha swords. So some people are like, oh, this is a little bit too much for me. Eh, That's okay. Not for everybody. But I will tell you this. People love this cigar. The connoisseurs that I have spoken to so far, the consumers love it. Let me puff and rotate here. Mm. Mm. Wow. Definitely getting some major pepper right off the bat. Low on the foot. One area to touch up. Fantastic. Mm. Absolutely outstanding. Definitely a nice note, a cedar, almost a nuttiness. Very, very pleasant. Mm. Cannot go wrong. And as always, I need the proper accompaniment, and for our Bold Alpha Weekly Spirit segment, we will be joined by Tommy Diadio of Corona Cigars in Orlando and Tampa. He's got a great selection. He has chosen for Rum January.
1: Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers.
0: Tommy, we continue celebrating Rum January here on our Bold Alpha Weekly Spirits segment. Within the Cigar Dave show. So, Tommy, last week we had the Ron Zacapa Edición Negra. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. You
2: got to do yourself. So, what have you selected? Well, this used to be called Zaya 12. Now it's called Zaya 16, and the label is different now. It says A's with rums up to 16 years old. Basically, it's still a Solero. When you say Solero. That means a bunch of rums. Like the last week, it was 6 to 26. That's a Solero. Right. This is... uh, a bunch of age rums up to 16 years so old. So you don't know, no. it doesn't
0: have a minimum age no, statement on No, this one,
2: here. it doesn't tell you the minimum, which is weird. Um, it is made in Trinidad and Tobago, and it's now 16 because I guess before there was rums in it older than 12, but I think the old one was, the, I think the minimum was 12. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this is retail thirty one ninety nine. Okay, so it's up to 16. It could but, be four, could, could be, two, be six, could, could be, be one. We don't know. It's a bunch of aged rums
0: together. And we don't know what the age... state. So there's there's no... Whereas with bourbon, if you say four, age, you know, the, four, the four. minimum is four right. years. You could have longer, but it's a
2: minimum. It's kind of like only 13. The oldest cognac is, is 100 years old, but we don't tell you the percentages. And the youngest is 30, but we don't tell you the percentages of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and 100. I imagine there's only a, a couple ounces of hundred in there or half ounce.
0: Right. Okay, so let's do this. Let's take a little sample here. Now, I'm looking at it, and this does not seem to be as dark Mm -hmm. as the Adicio Negra, which again, was aged in the Ron Zacapa Edicio Negra, aged in double Uh, charred birds. A a
2: whiskey and then a Pedro Mendes, and they they act, they they double charred it. Now, on
0: the nose, I'm getting a ton of fruit out here.
2: I'm getting almost like a... Almost
0: like a sweet chocolate.
2: It, but it's more subtle than the other one because you've got smooth, more a little bit of smokiness in there. From, yep.
0: All right. Let's say cheers. We'll try. This is the Zaya up to 16. That's like watery. Candy. Like a, Yeah, it's a very candy. It's a very sweet, almost an artificial yes, flavored yes. type of.
2: Yeah. Not wow. digging it. I'm not digging it either. Not digging it. I used to like the other one was 12, but... Yeah, this almost feels like it's got something It's got added. a lot of younger rum in it. Rum, but almost feels like there's something, like a sugary... Oh, yeah. They've added, sp- like, an artificial sweetener or something. They, absolutely. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> not my favorite.
0: So, I'll tell you, for Rum January, here's the thing, my fellow alphas lieutenants. That's why we sample various spirits, because we want to guide you, give you direction... The rum we uh, enjoyed last week, the Ron Zacapa Negra, fabulous. Uh, Off the charts. The Zaya, eh, not so much. Pass on it. And that's why we're giving you honest info. If it's not, uh, let's put it this way. Tommy, it would not not be one of my general's five-star selections (laughs) ever. Mick the Brick wouldn't care. As long as there's alcohol, Mick is fine as he says. I need the general, I need the fuel every week to make sure I have the proper energy, the fuel, which is the alcohol. All right, so that is our Bold Alpha Weekly Spirit Selection for this week. Gurkha has long been the king when it comes to opulent, grandly-made cigars. And the new Gurkha Pure Evil more than lives up to that legacy. Gurkha originally launched the Pure Evil 15 years ago as a limited-edition cigar. They went back to their blend vault. They tweaked the blend to add more flavor, more complexity. The result is a Gurkha Pure Evil that is loaded with flavor, full-body, Full Notes of Richness, Habano Wrapper, Nicaraguan Binder, Nicaraguan Filler. Don't let the name fool you. The Gurkha Pure Evil is pure cigar pleasure. Gurkha, the world's finest cigars. Visit Gurkasigars.com. Our first Cigar Masters Series of the year, we welcome longtime friend Juan Lopez, VP of Sales of Gurkha Cigars, joining us from the Ultra Plush Lounge at Gurkha Headquarters in South Florida. Juan, happy new year to you. And I heard Gurkha had another fantastic year. Congratulations.
4: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Always great talking to you. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it's, been, it's been challenging uh, for everyone, obviously, as far as, you know, you know, making, making sure we don't have back orders to get more cigars, but, you know, we pulled through, you know, we've, we, you know, we have a great leader in Jim Colucci that, uh, obviously knows the business after 48 years in, in the business, you know, he, he somewhat saw this coming, you know, the shortage of some tobacco and this that, this, that, and the other. So we loaded up and, uh, we bought heavy and, uh, we've been very fortunate that we're literally finishing the year, with minimal amounts of backwater, maybe about one one and a half to two percent, which usually averages anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent. So we're we, we're rocking and rolling this year. We had an amazing year following everybody's greatest year uh, since the boom last year. Obviously, I'm sure you as you know. So it's been great. It's been great. It's been great. It's been fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: Juan, you can never have too much tobacco in the world of cigars. Amen to that. <laughs> never enough. No matter how much you have, all the great cigar masters that I've spoken to over the years. Whenever I've said, oh, gee, it looks like you have plenty of tobacco, they looked at me and said, never enough. If I had another warehouse, I'd take double the amount because that is the lifeblood of the cigar industry. Juan, before we talk about Gurkha and the some of the new cigars that you've uh, launched and also the entire Gurkha lineup, let's talk about you. Where are you from originally? Yeah, well, uh, born and somewhat raised, uh, I, left, I left Cuba,
4: Havana, Cuba. I uh, left Cuba when I was nine and a half years old. Uh, came into the U.S. with my mother and my sister in the uh, good old uh, Mario Boatlift, lift. Uh, as everybody knows, you know from Scarface. That's it right. wasn't really meant to be. It wasn't really meant to be Scarface, but Fidel created that. As far as you know, emptying out the uh, jails and nut houses and whatnot. So it, it was going to be 10,000 people that broke to the Peruvian embassy, which my mom, my sister, and I were three of three of the 10,000. And uh, then the uh, greatest president, not the greatest president of all time, but the greatest to me, Jimmy Carter, because he got me into this country.
0: Right. <laughs> Definitely a, not the greatest of all time. I know, but to you, I, Juan, I, we'll give I that to say, you.
4: He is the greatest <laughs> to me, and uh, and uh, you know he uh, the Peruvian Perú uh, said we'll take him, and Jimmy said, uh, you know what, we'll take him here in the states, and that's when uh, he told you know Castro, hey, listen, we'll take whoever, whoever doesn't want to be there, we'll take them all, and it became from ten thousand two hundred and thirty six people in the embassy grounds. To 350,000 people uh, migrating to the U.S. Uh, via 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 boats and whatnot, and uh, yeah, so so that that's that's how I got to this to this country. I'm a Miami boy. I lived in Jersey for a few years, but raised in Miami. Uh, now up in Broward, and uh, been in the cigar industry since 1996. Uh, started with a short stand, uh stand with um, with Kevin Doyle. I'm sure you remember that name. Sure, with Caribbean, Caribbean
0: cigars. Sure, absolutely, Caribbean cigars. <laughs>
4: So I was with Kevin for a year, and then you know what happened there? They, they He started doing not good things, and the company folded. And uh, I was lucky enough that I had developed a uh, relationship with the Torano family, and I became the Torano's first sales rep and uh, was with them for 12 years. Uh, then they decided to sell and get out of the industry, and I went over to, uh, to my brothers over at Rocky Patel for a year, year and a half, uh, great company great people just didn't see the growth for myself in the company you know too many families members there for me to grow uh so you know we parted ways and i ended up here uh, at Gurkha cigars and uh, this is uh, starting my 13th year at Gurkha already or just finishing my 13th year and uh yeah man it's been a hell of a ride um i mean we've gone from uh from a company infamous and known for their packaging to uh, you know, the last seven, eight years for a company known for yeah, nice packaging, but now we're making great cigars. So uh, you know, pe- people don't smoke packaging; they they smoke cigars. So that that has been the main focus. When when Gary Himes, um, you know, promoted me from uh, from key accounts manager to VP of sales, uh, that was our goal. Him and I had that goal in mind. Single was you know, try to get away from that stigma of packaging, 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 and focus more on making great cigars. And now that's followed through. With uh, Mister Jim Colucci, which everybody knows in the industry that he's all about quality control and whatnot, so that's that's where we are.
0: Well, we'll talk about the new Gurkha Pure Evil that launched uh, uh, fourth quarter of last year of 2022 mm-hmm. in just a few minutes. Uh, but that packaging is great. It's 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 simplified packaging, but it really is between the color and just uh, the overall look, it is it is great packaging. But I want to go back, Juan. You brought up some very interesting items that I want to uh, run back to. So you were not a really small kid when you came to the United States. I mean, you were nine and a half, but mm-hmm. you still remember, I would assume, living in Cuba.
4: Absolutely. I, I, remember, I remember a lot of things. I, I remember it being fun. I remember having a great time, although we were obviously in a communist country. Uh, that's all, you know, that's why every time I travel abroad and I see, and I see all these, you know, these poor countries or, or poor parts of the cities and I say, you know what, these people are poor, but they're happy. There's some, you know, money doesn't make everything. It helps everything. And, uh, man, we had no money. We were, we were, all, you know, we were given, uh, I remember my mom sending me to the grocery store cause it was literally a block from my house, a little bodega, so we call them, We call them in Cuba. And we literally got for three of us, we got 12 eggs. Uh, liter of milk, pound of rice, pound of beans, if they have meat, maybe two pounds, if they had chicken, maybe two pounds uh and then they'll give us uh you know um a ton of like powder powder sh- stuff you know for us to to uh, like me oatmeal and stuff like that and we we had to eat from that three of us for two weeks That's <laughs> and we were happy as, and we were happy as could be you know I remember he having a great time playing baseball since I was i a, a year old literally. Uh, I remember uh, when the streets flooded with even with garbage, we we're sl- up, sliding up and down like it was six, like Cuba. <laughs> I right. mean, we, we have we have fun, and uh, and uh, that's all I really remember was the the fun times, uh, the tough times. I really don't remember any tough times except for you know my my father not being with us. But other than that, uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun. It was fun for me, man. I, I really don't have any real bad memories except for the that night before we left uh, Cuba that uh, our neighbors. Uh, egged us and they threw rocks and and uh, bombarded our house, calling us traitors for leaving, and uh, so all that stuff. So that, that was the only thing I remember that was really negative was that. And uh, but other than that, man, I remember having a great childhood, no complaints.
0: Did you speak English when you came to the United States? No, no. So I know not at all. So they,
4: you know, they put me right away. They, uh, I came in as I was third grader. I want to say third, fourth grade. And uh, they put me in the ESOL, and I would, I just started watching a ton of TV, and TV helps you, believe it or not. You know. Right. So, a lot of like you know Three Stooges, you know, not stuff that you really don't learn English, but it was funny, and so you, you get you know you start paying attention, and uh, and little by little, you know, my mom to this day, you know, at seventy some years old, she still doesn't speak English, understands it, but doesn't really? speak it because yeah, well, she had to go, she had to go to work. Remember, she had two kids, right? You know, she had a nine year, a nine and a half, ten year old with and a and a six and a half year old, and my sister. And she had no, no one here except for my uncle. And she had to go. She was a nurse in Cuba. And obviously, as you know, in Cuba, you know, doctors make nothing. Right. And she was a nurse in Cuba, came here and uh, had to go work in factories, uh, bakeries, uh, cafeterias. And, you know, luckily she landed a job with the uh, with the uh, county uh, running uh, 10 cafeterias in the government center in Miami. And she did that for 30 some odd years. And now she's retired, lives in Fort Myers, just moved, just moved in with, with us, uh, with my fiance and I. And uh, because my, my stepfather passed away about nine months ago. And right. uh, so she was all by herself, and now I got mama back. There you go.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So you really, as a kid, come here, you know no English. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you until you could really understand and speak uh, the language?
4: Uh, I would say I would say about a, a good two years to to be pretty fluent. Because when you come in as a kid, it's not as as tough as you know when you have a, a conversation with a uh, like a Manny Irarte or a Rafa Nodal. You know they they came here at 20 years old or 22. Right, different. They got they got a very thick accent. Uh, I don't I don't think I do I don't think I have You got one a
0: Jersey accent as as Juan from well, How long I did you do? live in Jersey man?
4: <laughs> I do get that all the time. No I'm kidding you don't, don't have a Jersey accent. <laughs> but but yeah so, so you no know, when you when you're raised when you're raised here and you're a kid you know you don't tend to pick up you know pick up you know uh, or keep that you know strong accent that guys like those you know those two guys have that that again they got here you know 10 12 years after I did so you know it is what it is but yeah I, I would say I would say uh about 2 years will be will be two three years before i picked it up and and they just became you know you go to school every day and you do what you need to do and yeah that's that's how i learned
0: now how did you hook up uh did you immediately start you know in your early 20s uh, in the cigar business at caribbean cigar or tell us about uh, kind of your your progression to the cigar industry
4: yeah absolutely so so when i was uh 24 years old um, I had finished school. I, I got a two year degree. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this, you know, school shit. So literally <laughs> literally said, I'm going to go to work. And, uh, I started working for a marketing firm, uh, selling advertising to, uh, the automotive industry in South Florida. So I had like Hollywood, Florida, all the way down to Key West hitting every single, um, uh, automotive, um, um dealership. And selling them, um, you know, a newspaper ad stuff, and and uh, events, and this and the other. It was it was a lot of fun. It was right. I, I loved it. I, I learned a lot um, from that. I did that for about a year and a half, and then I realized, you know what? It's I was making decent money, but it was just you know, 95 degrees, 100 100 uh, percent humidity, uh, in a suit every single day. Now, it's not a lot of fun. Right. Uh, so so I literally applied for a job. Um, and I saw cigars, and I had read. I you mean, know, I had smoked cigars as I was 19 years old, and and I and I read about you know cigar industry. I started getting into it just, just to find out and you know who the players were. Obviously, you know the Coleman's back in the day, this that sure. and the other, and and then uh, and then I see this this company hiring uh inside inside uh, representatives. I go, you know what? From being on the road, I'm only 20. I'm 25 now. Uh, why don't I you know go inside and learn learn the industry? And uh, literally, we I did that with Caribbean. I got hired right away. And then with Taranio, uh it, it was the first year and a half. It was mainly phone. It was only it was four, four sales guys. Uh, and then uh, I went up to Charlie and, and old man Torano and I said, uh, listen, man, I, I think that we could maximize our sales by letting us, you know, giving us some wings to fly. Let us fly a little bit. And we literally took that company and, and Charlie will tell you. Uh, we took that company from like $100,000 in sales our first year we were there to to $9 million before they sold nine ten million. And remember, back then we were selling $55 boxes.
1: <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Well, so... <laughs> you, know, you, you brought up – that's one of the the uh, people I wanted to bring up when you mentioned that you worked at Tarano. Carlos Tarano, one of my favorite people in the industry, always had great stories. And I've got a great story about Carlos. And talk about small world, and you emigrated from Cuba – Obviously, so did Carlos. And he told me the whole story, how they all supported Castro, because they oh, really yeah. believed that Castro was going to be, you know, good for the people in the country, that the the um, uh, Batista regime, you know, needed to be toppled, and they all fell for it. All the cigar industry, all businesses, similar to what we heard here with Obama back a number of years ago. But <laughs> mm-hmm. we were doing the show This is when we were still on terrestrial radio, and this has got to be, I'm thinking, maybe 15, 17 years ago. We get a call. He, He and Charlie flew up from Miami. Woman calls up and says, I'd like to say hello to Carlos Tarano. Okay, great. So he says, Carlos, you may not remember me. We grew up together in Cuba. I live in Miami. And you, you know, so he said, "Well, what's your name?" And she said her name. He goes, "I absolutely remember." And the next thing you know, they're kibitzing for about you know five minutes on the show, and they we got her number off the air, and uh, and they they caught up and had a little reunion. But small world, and and just incredible. Again, they were from Cuba, knew each other growing up in Cuba. Obviously, went their separate ways. She happens to hear him, and Carlos was really one of the most personable gentlemen in the cigar industry with tremendous knowledge and tremendous stories. And no matter where you would be with him, you just wanted to light up a cigar, have a drink and chat for about, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour and would always turn into a five minute conversation would turn into an hour with Carlos. So oh, you doubt. definitely miss without him. Doubt. And I know you had the, the good fortune of working with him and I'm oh, sure you man. picked up a lot from him over the years.
4: I, I, I learned, I learned a lot from, from the old, I call him the old man. Cause that's, that's, right. that's my old man to me and, uh, learn a lot from him and, um, he was—he's was, just a hardworking guy too, you know. It's like what people don't understand uh, you know the amount of hours that that some of these owners put into the business. They always think they always see, you know, they they see like you know the Juan Lopez of the world traveling around with the reps. this and the other. Yeah, we work hard, no doubt. Right. It's a funny—it's it's still a fun job to do, but behind the scenes, you got all these owners that are, that are you know buying tobacco, lining this up, that up, you know, moving monies around to try to make sure that they have enough enough to. To capture that rapper that we need for for uh, for this year's release, and make sure we have enough for like the next five years, and I mean, it's a lot of work behind it. And and oh Omen, man, Omen was was that guy, and I remember him because he, you know, I'm I've always been you know driven for to succeed. That's just it, it's it's in me. And uh, he'll uh, he'll see me in the office at eight o'clock at night sometimes, and he's like, hey, "Lopez, when are you leaving?" I go. Hey, oh man! You know what it is. My my goal is to sell ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars in sales a day. I make a thousand dollars in commission times five. That's five thousand. I'm making twenty thousand. I'm Making two hundred forty thousand plus my plus my uh, my salary. I'm at three hundred. That's what I need to live in my lifestyle. He goes, I love you for that. Right. And that's what I did, <laughs> you right. know. And uh, and uh, he appreciated that. And uh, and uh, I will never forget. I mean, I have a real quick story with him. Your love, I mean, Charlie. So I take a client out, um, and I won't mention the client, but I take a client out. And uh, yeah, at that time, we were like, you know, seven, eight years in already with the company. So they, you know, give me the company credit card, you know, have, you know free reign, you know, maybe. use it, use it wisely, right? So I take this client, I invite a client out to dinner, he, uh, him and his wife and his general manager. He invites him and his wife, general manager, and three of his buddies, and then the general manager's wife. Now we're talking eight, nine people, right? So we're sitting at on one of the most expensive restaurants in this, in this state. And he starts to order stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking I invited him, but he invited all these people. He's paying for the tab. This guy's well-to-do. And um, here we are, you know, two hours in. We're back in those days We could still smoke while you eat your steak. And it was, you know, good old time. And uh, he's like, yeah, cognac at the end. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I'm like, okay, it's all good. Whatever you want. I'll take my Johnny Blue. I don't drink cognac, but I like Johnny, right? So, and uh, here comes the bill. The bill sits in the right smack in the middle of the table. Five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. I go, okay, I, get, I think I got stuck with this one. So I grabbed the bill, and literally, literally everybody in the book says, Thanks, Juani. Of course. <laughs> I, go, I opened up the bill, it was like $3,800, some stupid bill. Like, it, was, it was outrageous, right? Now, I'm thinking the whole time, okay, so I sold him 25000 That's $2,500 in commission. So I'm still $1,300. I'm hoping that Taranians will give me this. So I'm like, okay, so I sign off, blah, blah, blah. Go back to the office the next week. Uh, and I go, Hey, uh, Colleen, uh, uh, Chuck, I need to meet with you guys. I, I had an issue. And, uh, and he goes, Okay, so come upstairs. Well, I go upstairs and they're like, So this client gave me a $25,000 order. That's the good news. <laughs> they go, Well, what's the bad news? I go, I invited him to dinner, you know, him and his wife and his GM. We invited like four other people. And uh, I-, I had to pick up the tag because no one was grabbing it from the middle of the table. He goes, Okay, so I gave him the receipt. It was $3,800. So Charlie goes, all right, well, so we'll give you five hundred dollars. I'm like, okay, and then I so you know I'm thinking, okay, five hundred bucks. You know what am I to do? It's, it's it's lesson learned moment for me, right? So I get up from the chair as I'm walking out. The old man goes to me, "Hey Lopez, what did you learn from this experience?" I go, "That I shouldn't invite people to do." He goes, "No, next time take him to lunch."
0: Bingo, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you bring up something interesting because you invite. The owner, his wife, and the general manager to dinner. Mm-hmm. And then the owner goes ahead un, really unbeknownst to you and without asking you, hey, mm-hmm. can I, instead of saying to you, can I bring, you mind if I invite three, four other people? At which point you could have said, look, I really, this is just really a dinner for, you know, you, your wife, and your GM as a thank mm-hmm. you dinner. Uh, but he didn't do that. And to me, that, is, that to me is, is kind of a classless move. I would never invite anybody to a function, a dinner. If I'm invited, I never assume that I'm going to just go invite other people, even if it's a party. I always, you know, if I've got somebody in from out of town, I'll call the host and say, look, I've got somebody in from out of town. I was, just, I was the only one invited. You know, if, I, if you know, I can't bring him, it's not a big deal or her or whatever the case is. But, you know, I, I just won't leave them alone or whatever the, or her alone, whatever the case is. And most of the time, they'll say, yeah, sure, no problem. But that, to me, is kind of a classless move. And I, yep. it's interesting that you mention that because I just had a conversation with somebody that mentioned something relatively similar to that. And to me, it's just kind of like it's not polite to do that. It just there's just no class involved with doing that. And you know, you're the one that really kind of got shafted when you look at it. Uh,
4: Luckily, without a, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. But but again, it went down like the old man said. It went down as a lesson lesson learned moment for me in my life. That now I'm really cautious. I, I take out people to dinner all the time, but I, I tell them, I go, listen, it's it's you and your GM, right, you or your wife. You know, and 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 I'll tell them the story. I don't want to be surprised because you have to sometimes, you know. And and what, what the good thing now that's happened is in the last few years, now some of these guys are taking me to dinner because now they want me to supply them with cigars because nobody else can. Right. So, so now a, you're in the driver's the flip, seat. The, yeah, the script the script has flipped, but I don't take advantage of it. I don't go crazy. No. I mean, I'm i one of our biggest clients, if not our biggest client in, in uh in Michigan uh the simonas you know who they are wild sure. bills and these guys i mean i do a sh- crazy amount of business with them they're they're friends really and um they invite me to dinner i go oh look at this my first dinner everybody they're like bring a bottle of johnny blue for juani whatever he wants this and the other i'm like i'm like listen i'm still not going to give you that that the extra 10 cents you want off for the cigar right <laughs> right. right so they're like you know we're, we're just busting each other and and it's it's fun to be on the on the flip side, but again, Dave, as you know, man, this this business, this industry is, uh, it's there's there's none none other like this business. This business is all friendships, uh, where people become your family, and uh, it's pretty crazy.
0: Fantastic. So, one, you you end up going to Toronto, then you go to Rocky Patel for how long?
4: About a year, year and three months or so.
0: As, what one a as a sales rep for
4: them? No, uh, so that's when we started to bring come, come in houses, going from uh, from uh, brokers, brokers to in house. Okay. So Rock, Rocky had me and Nish uh, go out and, and train and train all the new reps and stuff like that. So I was more like a like a sales manager per se, and then I had some key accounts that I brought in to the company that they, that they weren't working with, and uh, and it was a lot of travel for me. I mean, it was literally uh, I would travel every single week. Uh, I would go. I would. I would drive from Miami to Bonita, have our sales meeting uh, all day. And then uh, on that Tuesday morning, uh, I, I would say at Rocky's house, that Tuesday morning, Rocky's knocking on my door. Juan, if we put a man on the moon at 8 o'clock, we could sell cigars. You tell me that every freaking Tuesday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so,
1: so which is funny I, know, I, I
0: can hear, I can story. hear Rocky saying that too.
1: Oh, Listen, a, I need Mike, you to go it, out and it?
0: sell cigars. I've got my morning blend, my midday blend, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the new <laughs> afternoon blend. We've got the espresso blend. Absolutely, you need to yeah. sell more. Hey Rocky, I just sold 400% more. I need 500%. <laughs> Abs-
4: always, always. Rock always wants more, but, uh, but again, I learned I learn a lot from those guys. I mean they're they're hard Oh, yeah, guys. for sure. And uh listen, man, hard work works. You know, I'm a true believer in that in that statement and that saying. I, I say it to everyone. I tell my daughters that all the time. And uh so I learned a lot from them, but I you know, I knew I knew that there was there was a ceiling there. You know, you got Two family members. You got Dave Bullock with, you know, the general experience from General Cigars, 25 sure. years. So you're like, you know, where, where are you going to go? Regional manager? Yeah, you're going to get stagnant in here. So when I left, I li- they literally told me, you go anywhere you want because I know people are going are to want you. Don't go to Gurkha. The first guy I called was Kaizad and Sodia.
0: Right. Well, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I, yeah. I remember my first <laughs> experience meeting Kaizad was at the, <clears throat> the RTDA, the Retail Tobacco Dealers Association Convention in Orlando at the Marriott World Center. And his entire mm-hmm. inventory consisted of what he had in his attache case. And he was walking around, didn't have a booth, was walking around. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Miami Cigars had just started to rep him. And, and distribute their cigars. And I remember him following me down the hallway, stopping me. And we chit chatted for about fifteen minutes, and we hit it off. And he gave me a few cigars, and then I saw him at the party, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to smoke these." And I smoked them. I'm like, "Hey, these are great." And uh, that's, geez, got to be twenty six years ago, something along those lines. Yeah, he, uh, 20- he, he
4: started. So he's yeah, he started the company in '89. Uh, in '90, 90, '91, he started selling the uh, the Grand Reserves, the infused cognac into the duty freeze. And then in '95, when the boom started, that's when he went full throttle. That's when Miami, Miami, literally took over. Right. Uh, cars were being made, being made by uh, by Taranio, uh, already, Latin, Latin, Latin Honduras, the factory, and um, and then it was distributed by them. Then he went away from them, and he had a uh, Shorty Espinosa being his rep around in here in Florida, and some other guys. And then in about '99, uh, 2000, he went in house. And uh, yeah, then the rest is history. Now we have you know ten ten in house guys, uh, myself you know uh, running the the joint, and uh, you know Jim Colucci uh, doing his thing. And and he's he's no longer around really. He's you know busy doing other things, and uh, he's um that's what we that, that's it's been um it's been a good thing. It's been a, it's, a, it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride because I mean when, when I got here. I remember just telling him like I, like I told you earlier. You know, hey, listen. You know, you go tell me about what do you think about my cigars? I will tell him, okay, man. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be frank with you. Your cigars are museum pieces. He goes, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They sit there, but. No one, no one could afford them. They're thirty, forty dollar sticks, Right. Man. You know, it's not for everybody. You're you're selling to the one percenters. You know, why don't we start making some? You know, instead of making Ferraris, why don't we make some BMWs? You know, so that that's how we started. When Gary came, uh, came into the company, literally a year after I started. And he became the president and he goes literally goes to me, What do you do here? I go, I sell cigars, man. So at that point I was key accounts manager running running about you know, so many accounts that I had, you know, doing what I need to do. And then he promoted me to VP and yeah, and yeah, we went from uh, literally a you know seven million dollars, six million dollar company to twenty some odd million, thirty million now. So yeah, so pretty crazy, crazy ride, it's been fun as hell. And I and I've had the opportunity to learn from a lot of great people. I mean, starting with Carlos, Tarano, um, you know, then Rocky Patel. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Kay, from his marketing uh, and his genius of, of how he looks at things and differently from, you know, uh, within the outside of the box, within the box, makes everything that nice. I've always said, I don't know why Cigar Aficionado has not put this man into the Hall of Fame. He changed the packing, packaging industry in the cigar industry right off the bat. and And I truly believe that. And he doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, and then now, I'm, now I'm learning, you know, from a guy that's got 47 years of experience that I mess around with all the time. He's become like, like a, like a father figure to me in Jim Kalusi. And I always bust with him. I always tell him because you know he's always, you know, quoting uh, Autodesk and then I go, but Jim, I know you're not 76. You're you're like 200 years old. He goes, what do you mean, Juan? I go, didn't you create Romeo and Juliet in 1876?
1: <laughs> so he's like such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but he, you know, did that's create, kind
0: of... he did create the Romeo uh, Giulietta Reserva Real, which is a huge seller for Altadas and, uh, and smart, some of the other great, great seller, brands.
4: It's still, it's still the number one selling cigar in, in the
0: U.S. Right, That's exactly right. That's a perfect spot for us to pick up because I want to talk about and get into the new Gurkha brands that have just been released and do an overall uh, overview of the Gurkha cigar portfolio. We will return momentarily with our Cigar Masters segment, but very quickly, let me give you several methods in which you can communicate with me. First up, email CigarDave at CigarDave.com, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. Also, social media, Twitter, which is the number one platform that I use, but we use all of them, Twitter handle at Cigar Dave Show. At Cigar Dave Show for Twitter, Getter, Truth Social, Facebook, Instagram, all Cigar Dave is our handle. Be sure to follow us and also give us a five-star review wherever you happen to catch the Cigar Dave Show podcast. Juan Lopez, our guest on our first Cigar Masters Series segment of the 2023 year. Juan, let's talk about two new cigars that were released at the Cigar Retailers Convention back in July and started distribution in the fourth quarter of 2022. First up, in my hot hands, I have, you can hear, a beautiful box of the Gurkha Pure Evil. Now, love the silver, love the red. You've got the skull, uh, you got the Gurkha swords on each side, and then you open it up and you see these beautiful looking cigars. I mean, the background of of the band is black, the Pure Evil and the skull in silver, Gurkha's in red. I mean, it's really a uh, – uh, it's definitely a cutting-edge cigar. This is not what I would consider a traditional type of cigar smoker consumer that would purchase this. This is somebody that's kind of on the edge.
4: I, I agreed. I mean, uh, I could have said it better myself. I mean, when we created it, I mean, we, we so call it just uh, called the evil that did well for us, you know, back in uh, two thousand. Or so, and we literally, you know, got away from it. You know, cellar reserve, and some of the others that you know, started taking over, you know, doing better. So we got, you know, put it to the side, and uh, then we created, you know, this beautiful band. And we have this beautiful piece of artwork in our office here in our headquarters that it looks exactly like what the box looks like, but it's artwork. It's gorgeous. So we said, you know what? We haven't done anything really medium to full. You know, more in the fuller body with that, with that little spicy retro hale, uh, really nutty and earthy. But it's got some pop, but it's still so refined, so clean, so so elegant, and um, and so we we went to our guys in an American Caribbean Cigars, you know, the uh, Damien Tapanes, dear friend of mine, uh, you know, like a brother, and um, you know we sat with him. He had the original blends from the original Evil, so we said, you know, well let's make it a, a a puro Nicaraguan, and we call it Pure Evil. Now, mind you, we've had some kickbacks from some people saying you know, the pure evil with the things at times, I go, listen, man, you take, take this with a grain of salt. It's the name of a cigar, you know? So <laughs> I've had some big right. clients tell me, you know, the name itself is threatening and, da, 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 da. and I go, listen, take it for what it is. You don't smoke the band. You don't smoke the name. You smoke the cigar. Right. And, uh, and, and then the marketing behind it for us was really to, to, um, go, you know, go out to that, that, you know, that 30 year old, 25, 30 year old demographics, which is uh, from my travels anyway, after this pandemic, I see that's, that's what's happening in our industry is a lot of the younger guys are coming, are trending into cigars now. Uh, or, or it could be Dave that you and I are just getting older.
0: <laughs> no, I'm forever young. So this, Juan. I don't know about you, man. Yeah, I, I, just, I know. I know, you know. I know.
4: I know. I know you're the alpha dog. I know you're forever young. I love you. But, <laughs> but it's because I, I, I seen, I seen that that uh, in my travels, that, yeah, I'm seeing a lot more young guys, and, and that's awesome, man, and I'm really excited, so when we thought of the, the banding and the uh, packaging behind it, uh, that was a demographic we're going after, we also know that, you know, bikers, and uh, uh, and, and guys like that are big cigar guys, right. and, uh, you know, we said, you know, this, this is a perfect uh, fit for that as well, so we're we're doing a ton of swag behind it as well, so, you know, like with that with that theme. And uh, I think, you know, here in the beginning of the year, 2023, we're rolling a lot of stuff out like that for swag for the stores and, and whatnot. So we're really excited. The cigars so far, I mean, literally, I literally just finished sending the last, I think, 3,000 boxes we had on back order since the show. Uh, the first run, when we went through like 8,000 boxes, like nothing. Reorders came in. We had to put it on back order again. It, it's been a little bit of a... Of a of a um, of a um, how would I call it? A pain in the butt just to get it more and more and more and more of it because you know again you can't fry it and eat it. You gotta you gotta make it and you gotta sit. You gotta marinate. You gotta let it sit there. And uh, and we're very very blessed, man. That you know we have a great partner in uh, in Damien down there in Nicaragua making great cigars for us. And uh, we truly believe in him and we truly believe in the brand. And again, and we kept it in the sweet spot. So three sizes: Robusto, five x fifty-two. Retails for eight nine five a stick, uh, Toro six fifty four nine fifty a cigar, and the uh, and the uh, XO six x sixty at nine ninety five. So we you know kept to be you know, underneath the ten dollar the ten dollar gap you know, and um, and again we've had nothing but uh, incredible uh, response uh, thus far from our retail partners. And uh, you know we released it first at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival in August. I was able to get the first thirty boxes sold out of that in about ten minutes. That was amazing to see all the VFPs just running to the tent just to get the the boxes. And, uh, yeah, and now it's nationwide. So we're truly excited about about the future of that brand.
0: Well, before we started our Cigar Masters segment for the Litation and Libation Ceremony, I, of course, lit a Gurkha Pure Evil uh, in your honor. And beautiful. I mean, this Ecuadorian Habano wrapper Just the aroma of this wrapper, the dark. I said one more shade, and it could almost be a Maduro. It's just a nice dark Mm -hmm. wrapper, and you've got Nicaraguan binders and fillers. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely medium, medium full, but got some nice spiciness to it. Very, very uh, pleasant cigar. And again, you know, it's kind of edgy between the name, the band. May not be for everybody. Somebody that wants more Mm -hmm. of a traditional cigar, traditional look. But for people that uh, want something that's unique, that's new, that's edgy, you know, fantastic cigar. And even if you don't like the band, take the band off and still smoke the cigar because it really is a fantastic cigar. you and you and you nailed it because I have a, a dear friend of mine that loves our
4: cigars, and, and I, <laughs> I went to his house and I brought him one of them. Yeah, and he and he's like he's like you know he's a traditional guy, this man, yeah. but he loves a cigar. So he literally calls me like a few days later. He goes, "Hey, you have any more of those death cigars?" I go, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, the only the skull, the death." I go, "No, it's called pure evil." He's like, "Yeah, those are great." So yeah, it's funny. It's crazy.
0: But now also, like, you launched the uh collection especial mm-hmm. now that is only available i believe to members of the ta the tobacconist association of america is that correct
4: right so what we did on that cigar so this this is uh how could i say that this cigar to me davis it's uh literally uh probably the best the best mild to medium cigar I've ever had, and uh, and I and I smoke everybody's cigar, not I just mm-hmm. our stuff, and uh, I I compare a lot to uh, something along the lines of like a Davidoff Double R, which I enjoy, but you know they got they're in the forty five dollar range nowadays. It got out of price, price has gone crazy, but it's got the kind of, that kind of same profile, that that creamy, almost like uh, earthy. Uh, I would like to call it like uh, you know like that moldy kind of flavor to it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like well, they call that, it I, I would
0: say you know just it's just a like a, you say a smooth creamy mellow cigar. You know, just nice yes, flavor. Yes, no, no, and,
4: and it's a great flavor. It's got it's got a uh, the perfect burn every single time. So when we first came out with it, uh, uh, we said you know what well, let's 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 test run this uh, with this beautiful you know uh, hybrid wrapper that. You know, ASP. Uh, you know, the, the Perez family was able to, right. to get for us through uh, through Ave Flores, which is making the cigar for us. And uh, we went down to Dominican and we said, "Man, this we want something mild to medium, but we want the wrapper the and the and, and the burn, and we need it to be per- perfect because you know, while other people are fighting with a medium to full body sector." Seventy percent of the people still smoking mild to medium. That's so, right. You know, it's, it's 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 just this business, you know, tactical move that you do, and then you find this incredible wrapper on the uh, SP1 grade hybrid, uh, Connecticut uh, Ecuador, and you're like, holy moly, this is like the most beautiful wrapper I've seen. And then you smoke it, and the ash and everything just lines up perfectly every single time. And I'll tell you that I smoked about fifty to hundred of these, and every single time. And the, the cigars are perfect. And uh so we we said why don't we do this? Why don't we test run it with the TAA guys. So out of the seventy sixty five uh jumped in. We did a uh, a perfecto preferido size that we do on our on our uh on our seller reserve line our, our top selling line. Uh we did a five by fifty eight put it in eight count boxes. We literally sold out of fifteen hundred boxes in about twenty two minutes, I think it was in the little trade show that we do at TAA and they want more. And unfortunately, we don't have any more boxes, and we're not going to make that size for now. So we said, you know what? Why don't we do this? Key the TA guys on board, and let's add another hundred accounts to the mix. So we went to our, our top one hundred business partners. Obviously, unfortunately, leaving leaving out the uh, the distributors and stuff like that because we just can't do it because we don't have the we don't have the tobacco for it. And uh, went back to ASP and said, is there any possible way you guys could guarantee us, you know? A- a million cigars and uh for the wrapper by filler and he says yes we said we're in we bought we bought what we needed to buy as far as tobacco to secure that and that's what we're going to do so it's literally a true limited edition our first limited edition we've had in a very long time uh comes in a beautiful t- pink box um uh, cigars we kept i'm a big long tail smoker <laughs> and uh you know, i mean it's the size that. Nobody really smokes anymore, but I thoroughly enjoy it. And I and that, I used to think the cigars when they're milder, and that that kind of uh kind of size just tastes better for me anyway. So we did a uh, a robusto, you know, we kept it five by fifty-two, toro six by fifty-four, and then we did a a little bit of a of a, of a thicker longsdale on a six and a half by forty-eight, almost a Churchill, but not quite a Churchill. But that half an inch and uh, really uh, makes a difference in the, in the smoke, at, at least me personally. And then what we did is, you know, um, we kept it to uh, 5,000 boxes for the first run. Uh, already has been, all that's been sent out. Most of it has been sold through the retailers already. And we will not have another run of the cigars until March. And then in March, we should have a, a big amount of cigars because that's, that's when we take the rest of the uh, quarter of a million cigars that we asked for uh, we take it in in house, and then we're we're opening up to another hundred stores at uh, at the uh, IPCPR uh, in Vegas in in uh, 2023.
0: And the uh, Gurkha Collection Especial, the wrapper is a undisclosed from the country, but Connecticut hybrid. So it's a Connecticut C hybrid
4: uh, SP one grade. So. I come to learn this. I mean, you're always learning this business. So when right. you sit with the Perez family and you sit with, you know, guys like Hochi and, and DR and they, they start throwing all these letters at you and you're like, you're like, you're crazy. Like you're, you, you get like, they spin you. Right. So I started learning about SP one, two, three, there's up to four. And then you look at the leagues next to each other and it's like, holy moly, no wonder I'm paying 55 bucks a pound for this one. And only 30 for this
1: one. Right. <laughs> Cause there's a big
4: difference, you know, and right. great. And uh, so, yeah, so it's SP one. Um, hybrid seed, uh, Connecticut, Ecuador, grown in Ecuador by the Perez family, and then the binder, binder filler. You know, we we kept it, you know, very, 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 uh, very. We didn't want to get too crazy. You know, we we didn't we didn't want to overwhelm the cigar with a lot of spice, especially in the Connecticut. So we kept, it, you know, some Piloto Cubano, some uh, Dominican uh fillers. You know, a little bit of Nicaragua from Jalapa. But we didn't go too crazy on on uh, making it too spicy. You want to keep that creaminess of the wrapper, and uh, I think we hit a home run, my brother. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so listen. I, that's that's what I'm smoking now on a regular basis, uh, because I have the factory send me a few bundles every month.
0: <laughs> well, uh, add another bundle for me, Juan, so that I can smoke some <laughs> of these new collection of specials. So we the...
4: so we did, so we didn't send you any. No. All right, I'll I'll put a, I'll put a I, I want some
0: from the special Juan Lopez, okay. you know, VIP collection.
4: I got you. I'll I'll send you when when I, when we're done here today. I'll I'll make sure you you'll get that box out uh, here uh, in the next few days. Just a I got
0: bundle you. is good. No problem. Okay, now, I, I just want to say that the the in addition to the Connecticut Hybrid wrapper, it uses a Mexican Sumatra binder, Connecticut Broadleaf USA filler and then undisclosed habano seco and Lajero, obviously somewhere from Central America, but mm-hmm. Uh, again, mild to medium, smooth. Everybody that has had the cigars told me just a very, very pleasant cigar. Perfect for those that are cigar novices. Perfect for somebody that's in, that wants a cigar any time of day, morning, midday. Just a very pleasant cigar. And a good special occasion cigar you can hand out for people that may not smoke cigars on a regular basis but want to enjoy that once a year or that special occasion type of cigar. 100% right. You nailed it. All right, now, let's take a look, one at the the overall Gurkha portfolio, your core brands. You have your core brands. You have your ultra premium. Uh, I'll tell you, staying in the mild-bodied uh, side, there's two cigars that I really like. Number one is the Gurkha Royal Challenge, which, uh, to me, is a beautiful cigar. Is that still in production?
4: It's still in production. We What we've done is, you know, our portfolio gets larger humidor stoned unfortunately, so... We Jim and I uh, would sit at the end of the year every year and uh, and look at you know the, go by the eighty twenty rule right uh, and you know eighty percent of the business comes twenty percent of your of your portfolio and that's just the way it is so you know we we what we did with Royal Challenge we said you know listen we have five sizes at one point we we cut it down to the top two sizes so right now we that, we have Toro and Churchill and that's what we're selling on on that's on that cigar uh, same thing uh, we, we did it with the Marquesa the Marquesa with our, our first Sumatra wrap. What was selling on the Marquesa was a Robusto and Toro. We kept those two sizes, cut out two sizes, and uh, we did this in the beginning of last year, or this year, sorry, I'm sorry, 2022. And uh, so we did that to a few. The Heritage, same thing. You know, we kept the top two selling sizes just because we knew we we're coming out with a Pure Evil. Uh, we got our, our, you know, we obviously we got our racehorses and seller reserve 15, 18, and 21, and 12. Those things, I mean, those things. That's our number one seller. And then right after them, you got that Ghost that uh, people love the ghost and we sell a ton of ghost and um, and then we got obviously as you know the infused stuff with the cognac, the bourbon and the rum that does really well but uh, goes back to goes back to us staying, you know, staying the course and, and, and making sure that we give our, our customer base, our, our retail partners, you know, the the tools to succeed on what sells. I used to want to sell you a cigar just to to take up space. I want a cigar right. to sell for you because you move it, we make money, I make money, and, and you have the, the and the clients, uh, your your consumers will be happy with, with the kind of a selection that we provide. So listen, my goal has always been to have twenty to twenty five facings in a store. That's about one and a half, two 2% of the industry. And I'm not, I'm not greedy. I think that's fair. And uh, I think we're, we've achieved that in, in, uh, in most places. And uh, again, our offerings are amazing, man. Now, listen, the, the one thing that we have that a lot of people don't have, we use so many different factories to work with that. We had that different kind of tobaccos and different flavors from Arganosa uh, to the guys over at, uh, at um, Cuevas uh, to the guys over at PDR to the guys over at uh, American Caribbean. So, That's what separates us from a lot of the other companies is that we're able to bring in different flavor profiles and different, just uh, different for different palettes uh, that a lot of people can do in the industry.
0: Right. And, you know, when you look, uh, you hit it right on the head, 25 facings. You go into cigar retailers and every year there are more and more new brands that are released, but there's a finite amount of space in every retailer, no matter how big they are. So, clearly, the retailer is going to go with what sells. Now, you mentioned your number one seller. You said that was, what, the seller reserve? Yeah, the seller 15, um,
4: the, the Criollo, uh, the Solara, and Hidonism, which is a 5x58 and a 6x58. That's our top selling. Uh, right right behind that, you got you got the Ghost on the, uh, on the Shadow, which is a Toro size, and then the Exorcist, which is a 6x60. Six I mean, literally, those guys are neck-to-neck are neck every year, in, year in, year out. On the top setting skews for our for our company. The other thing that we've had our success that we haven't mentioned, it's been uh, which has been part of our huge growth for us has been our sampler bags. I don't know if you if you've seen them out there. Yes, but uh, but our, our sampler bags have blown up. We literally. I just had my meeting uh, last week with um, with Adam Shepard of Total Wine, and uh, he informed me with a smile on his face from ear to ear that we became their number one skew. In uh in the in the chain over quorum, which you and I both know how much quorum sells, right? Um, in our in our uh in our uh seller reserve, um, uh, sampler bags, humidify bags. So that's been a huge addition for us as far as, uh, as far as uh, dollars and and just getting and just getting people out there to try some of our different stuff at a somewhat discounted price, uh, just to, for them to try it because you know if you don't listen, if you don't try it you're never going to know. Right. And, um, and, and, and I see some prices getting ridiculous out there. I mean, guys are, you know, the norm now is $15 a stick, $12 a stick. You know, I'm, I, I understand the tobacco goes up every year. We said it earlier. People are, 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 you know, leaving, leaving Nicaragua, coming to the States and, and crossing borders all over the damn place. And it, it is what it is. But, uh, but that bag, those bags for us, man, have been home run, and uh, and it's of a lot of people turned on to the Kirk that they've never had before, you know, especially like like some of the seller, some of the ghosts that, that some guys say, you know, 15 bucks, you know, I'd rather smoke a Padron per se. Uh, but they tried it and they liked it, and we see it in the numbers. So-
0: well, well, think about this one for a second, the fact that – People wanna be able to go in and sample various cigars. That's the beautiful thing mm-hmm. about cigars compared to say spirits. You like your Johnny Walker Blue, but if you've never had Johnny Walker Blue, do you wanna go out and buy a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue with the you know at that price range saying, geez, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like that or not? Whereas with cigars, you don't need to buy a box. You can buy singles. You can buy these nice sampler packs. And that's a perfect way to get introduced to the Gurkha brand. And as you say, they're big sellers. Why? It's easy. You pick one up. They're in a nice pouch. Three or four cigars or five cigars. You can't go wrong. That's a great way to introduce your brand to consumers.
4: Yeah, what I did what I did was uh, and, and I'll, I'll pat myself in the back on this one so when we first came out with us, I, I told uh, I told Jim I go to Colucci, bro. brought this I only one one thing and he goes what's that? I want six cigars everybody has four three four five I want six and he goes six and huh? I go yeah because you smoke a cigar a day and then uh, so we'll become we'll become like chick-fil-a smoke a cigar a day on Sundays we don't we're, we're off right. <laughs> and he's like I like the idea. so we did the six pack and, and we're the only ones doing six-packs in the industry. And uh, I'm telling you, man, it's been – when I tell you, it's just been a home run for us. Uh, I mean, the reps are happy. We're happy. Total One is happy. ABC happy. we got some large accounts that are very happy with that with that product. And, and yeah, so it's been great. It's been a great year.
0: Fantastic. So let's talk about now that we're in 2023, before you know it, it's going to be midsummer time for the Premium Cigar Association convention. You've got the Tobacconist Association convention and meeting coming up, I think, in March or April. And I know you're already working on new blends. Any hints? Yep.
4: Uh, this, uh, so this will be the first. You'll be the first to know. Uh, we're working right now on, again, uh, we want to we want to develop our portfolio. To make, you know, to have a little bit of everything for everyone, right? So, what obviously, was a natural progression of, of a brand such as the Ghost. So, the Ghost, we have the regular Ghost, and then we have the Ghost Gold. So, you have a, a Maduro, uh, Aripiraca rapper from Brazil. You got a uh, Ecuadorian Rosado on the Gold. And uh, we're coming out with a Connecticut um, Ghost uh, for hopefully by TPE is the plan right now. We've been working on this for about nine months now. Uh, so we're doing that, and then uh, we're also uh, bringing back an oldie but a goodie, but that one I can't tell you because this is, like, real, real, no tell anybody kind of thing, but you'll recognize it, brand when you see it at the trade show.
0: <laughs> All right, an oldie but goodie. I'm going to start going yep. back into my archives, into the old Gurkha yep. archives, yep. but the Gurkha Connecticut, Ghost Connecticut. So that's interesting. So mm-hmm. now you've got, I would assume, this Gurkha Ghost is going to be more on the mild to medium-bodied side.
4: That'll be more more in the medium, actually. So so we're keeping the same exact blend as the regular ghost, uh, the, both the gold and the uh, regular ghost have the uh, the Maduro. So we've been tweaking, we're trying to see which wrapper works best. Because you know you have a, a true Ecuador, you have a Connecticut Connecticut right. seat Ecuador, you have a Connecticut that's way too expensive to put on that kind of cigar because uh, we want to keep it at that eight to nine dollar level mm-hmm. and uh again we we went back you know we went back into the into the archives of you know talking sitting down with the, with the Perez's and they say listen you have sp1 on your limited edition there's an sp2 that's it's got similar flavor profile plus what you're adding on the regular ghost blend and it still looks beautiful and uh so we went with something like that and that's what we did and it's, it's tasting fantastic right now and they're being rolled and they're sitting there, and I'll, I'm hoping to uh, have them out for sure for TPE, and um, and then also for uh, for uh, for uh, IPCPR as well.
0: All right, well I cannot wait to get my uh, chompers on that ghost Connecticut because we've always talked about in the fact that with cigars that you can't put an exact percentage on the amount of flavor that a wrapper imparts into the taste. But roughly, you can say somewhere around maybe 50%, some say mm-hmm. 60 some say 70 I think it's roughly around 50%, somewhere in that area. But if you keep the same Gurkha ghost binder and filler, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you change that wrapper and you bring on a, a Connecticut Ecuador, Connecticut Seed, no matter what Connecticut, it's still going to make it a little bit uh, on the tamer side. And you're gonna have a pretty nice. uh, I think you're gonna have a very nice blend. So you're gonna have a criollo binder over Mm -hmm. nice balance. Exactly, (laughs) because you look at the ghost, and that's got a lot of flavor. That is uh, the Brazilian arapiraca, which is one of my favorite wrappers. I mean, Brazilian tobacco is fantastic. But you've got a criollo binder, Nicaraguan and Dominican filler on the regular ghost, and -hmm. then when you go to the ghost gold, you're looking at an Ecuadorian Habano Rosado with a Mexican San Andreas binder with Dominican, Nicaraguan, U.S., mm-hmm. and American filler. So now all of a sudden, if you tweak it, you're going to have, again, that nice medium-bodiedness with that Connecticut uh, uh, wrapper, and that's going to make a, uh, I think, bring a lot of new connoisseurs into the Gurkha ghost line and say, you know, I don't want something. The gold may be, you know, medium, medium plus, that uh, uh the the ghost is more medium plus to full yeah i want something a little bit tamer less personality if you will uh and that Gurkha, uh ghost uh connecticut could be the trick so i can't wait to get that so that's going to be looking you're looking what about february march on that
4: yeah so we should have, so so the plan right now is you yeah, to is to release it uh you know, we we made a commitment to a good dear friend of ours, but if it's not, we told him if it's not ready, we're not gonna bring it out. You know, you know, Big Abe over Smoking, uh, he's got, you know, he's got uh, he's got his show coming up, uh, the Gray Smoke, and I told him that uh, we're not gonna, you know, we're, if if it's not ready, we're not gonna release it. But he wanted to buy, he wanted to be the first guy to have it. So we said, listen, if it's not ready, we're not gonna release it to you then, Abe. Uh, and he he appreciated that. But for sure, a TPE that will be our our big uh, our big. Uh, Reveals will uh, be TPE this year, so we're we're back at TPE for the first time in uh, in five years.
0: Fantastic! Well, Juan, I will be looking forward to that bundle of collection especiales coming That's on way. His way, my way from the Juan Lopez <laughs> VIP selection. <laughs> you got it,
1: brother. <laughs> all
0: right, listen. All the best. You know, we appreciate you joining us on our Cigar Masters series. Great learning more about your background. I never knew that you came from Cuba at nine and a half. So yeah, I learned man. some. Yeah, I learned some things today and, uh, and I've known you for a long time, Juan. So there yes, you have. There you go. So, uh, so who knew? We've had some great times together. You know, we had our yes, Buffalo yeah. live shows together. Absolutely. And, uh, just a lot of fun all the way along and hopefully many, many more in the coming years. So Juan, best wishes for a, uh, a great, healthy, successful 2023. And I'm sure you will keep us abreast when that new cigar comes out, uh, pretty soon. You will give us the, uh, the scoop on that. You got
4: it, my brother. General, All right, Juan thank you Lopez. Like Appreciate you, yes, sir.
0: Juan Lopez, VP of Sales, Gurkha Cigars. Our special guest on our introductory 2023 Cigar Master Series. That does it for this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Another packed edition comes to an end. Cigar Dave, the general saying: Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra extra long, semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure tomorrow. My Bills take on the Cincinnati Bengals Divisional Playoff, Orchard Park, New York, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Bills Mafia will be there full force. Circle the wagons, Bills. It is your destiny to win this year's Super Bowl. Go Bills!